I cried when Donald Trump was elected. Like I literally wept. I was like so distraught. And then just a few years later to be like, oh, they were incredible neighbors. Like they helped us so much. Like we had to plow our, we had a tractor and we plowed our own driveway and like they taught us how to fix the tractor. They would like, they had chickens and they would like bring us a walk down our driveway and like just leave eggs on our, on our deck. Oh my God. They were incredible. They were honestly some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, which is also like, I think most people who have that perspective about Trump people and people, a lot of people I know who are really hateful towards anyone who has opinions differing than them politically. It's like, go fucking spend some time with them. They're like, genu- like, I'm sure some of them are dirt bags, but like to be, cause I was again, like so liberally brainwashed to believe that anyone who could have voted for Trump is like the worst kind of person. They're the horrible people in this world. They are the reason why everything is so fucked up. And then to meet them and be like, they're just people. They're just normal fucking people. They're just nice, helpful, sweet, incredible, normal fucking people who have different views than me. Hello, welcome to another episode of Problematic. My name is Caroline Dooner, and today I'm going to be continuing a podcast series that I've kind of informally started already. It's kind of what this entire podcast has already been but I'm going to make it a little bit more official and naming what it's been. But I am talking to people who changed their mind, over the, especially over the past three years, but even if it was over a longer period of time or earlier than the last three years. So the podcast series is How I Changed My Mind, and I just want to hear people's stories, and I just want to share those stories with you. And I'm really excited about it because I love hearing people's stories about this, especially because, as you may know, I had my own version of this over the last three years. I don't know if I have officially told the beginning to end story like I'm asking other people to to tell in these episodes, Um, though, of course, I've told snippets of it in different places on my Substack, especially But yeah, I'm really excited to have these conversations. I, um, as you may or may not know, I have been really struggling to answer the question for myself and for other people, what do I write about these days? And I don't know. I don't have an answer. I feel like I'm in a little bit of a just stalling period um, or figuring it out period. And in the meanwhile, I want to be having these conversations of how I changed my mind and sharing them with you. So that is what today's episode is going to be. This is a conversation with, um, so I know her through Instagram, but I also did a musical with her many years ago. Um, And we reconnected recently because she reached out to tell me that she didn't know very many people who had similar beliefs that she has now after the last three years since 2020 Um, and we started talking and we followed each other and I actually floated this idea to her that I wanted to have a podcast where I talked to people about how they changed their mind over the past couple years and she said that she would love to be on it and I actually didn't know and I really love that she chose to be anonymous because I do think that 
for many people, it helps them be more candid and actually tell the story the way they really want to tell the story. Um, but she is anonymous in this conversation. Um, and it's just a really great conversation. And I, I think, and I hope that you will enjoy it. Now, before I play this conversation for you, I just want to put it in your mind that if you think you have a good story of how I changed my mind, how you changed your mind, um, you can reach out to problematicstories at gmail.com. I just made that email address. Just paused this and made the email address. Um, and you can give me some details on your story because I will be looking for some variation in the stories. Now the themes, oh, I just got an Amazon package. You probably, I always assume you can hear the, the like ambient noises going around on around me. And I don't think you actually can. Um, there will be overlap in theme. I am sure because the theme is problematic, how you changed your mind and became more problematic in quotes, so to speak. But um, I still will be looking for, for some variation in topic and, and everything. Um, so the more information you can give, the better, especially if I don't know you. I'm obviously talking to people so far in this podcast who I do know in some way through the internet already. Um, but I would still love to tell your story if it's a good one and have a conversation with you on the podcast. So again, problematicstories at gmail.com. I will link to that in the show notes or I'll write that out so you um, spell, spell it correctly. Um, and I don't want to waste any more time before starting this conversation for you. So I will talk to you later. I am the only Enjoy. one in my whole family who feels the way I feel about things. And, the, and I am open, completely open with my family about it, but I just feel... I don't, I'm so a little uncomfortable and I, I don't know if that's the next phase of my um, journey is like speaking more openly publicly. I do a little bit, but um, yeah, like I have a presence online and um, it's about a very specific topic and I don't bring this into it very much. Um, I do, I have shared my perspective but it'll be like on a story that then goes away and like exactly I feel you I totally get it by the way I mean like as much as I do kind of talk about it sometimes I there's so much I don't say yeah there's so much I don't say well and I think that's appropriate that's part of that has been part of my journey and I think part of like where I've landed is like everyone needs to stop sharing every thought they have online and like give yourself (laughs) some time to like root into what you act and I think also there's there is value in processing it like openly but I think and publicly but I don't for me it's like I I need time to like I mean there's also the fact that my entire identity has flipped inside out in the last two years yeah everything I thought I believed like I don't anymore and I have new like I'm, I feel like a different person, you know? And so my identity is literally so different. So now I feel really like hesitant to have my identity be wrapped around any of my ideals because I just feel like they could change. If they change this drastically, I have to be open-minded about the fact that it could happen again, even though, you know, yes. I'm, like, I'm like, no way. But then reality sinks in a moment after I think that, and I'm like, but it could. Yes. So, I totally get that. That's how I'm yeah. like, 
I was wrong before. Like I, how stupid would I be to, to think that I'm not wrong at least about something now, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 So. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Fun. Just- I'm so excited to talk. This is going to be yeah. even more fun. I think that Yay. you're anonymous. I think we're going to oh, yeah. be able to like, yeah. Okay. Fun. So honestly, just like start wherever you want to start. Yeah. Okay. So we can start in March of 2020. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So my birthday is March 14th. Um, oh yeah. So lockdown happened like right, right after that. I mean, slash kind of, it was slowly happening during. So there, there was like a big part. My dad was turning 60 as well. And his birthday, just a few days before mine, we had all, my family had plans to have like a big birthday party for him that got canceled obviously. And instead we like got a cake, a carrot cake and we met at a park near where we all live and, um, had cake outside together. And the first thing that I was like, Oh shit, something is about to happen. We offered cake. We had a whole cake and there were maybe only like six or eight of us or something, but there was more cake than there were us. Mm-hmm. And so we were offering people cake and nobody took the free cake. <laughs> and I was oh like, God. that was one of the first moments where I was like, "Uh Oh, this is scary. Like, this yeah. is like, this is crazy. And, um, yeah. So I remember that so clearly, obviously for that reason, like having my birthday be right there. And I would say like a few, the first few months of lockdowns, I was like, staying at home. I never like washed my groceries or anything. I mean, I watched like Instagram videos of people fucking doing that. And I was just like, <laughs> I even that I was like, really? Like, what? yeah, I never went that far either, but I was taking it seriously for like, yeah. I would say a month or two. I was like spooked. Like I didn't yes. know what it was, you know, yes. I would say until like, yeah, for like two months, maybe two and a half. <laughs> I, I was definitely I was spooked. Also, yeah, I think it was unclear what was going on. And it was scary because we'd never experienced anything like this before. I mean, right. humanity in general, right. just like, the fear mongering. I mean, I don't know if that's the right word, but like the, the, I'm it probably, it is honestly, I well, it was definitely fear mongering. I don't, I didn't know at that point that it was <laughs> right. That's why I fear mongering. Right. Like I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. In the beginning, yeah. but then like for me, it was like, okay, so no, like if this really was as deadly and dangerous and it, I want to say like, I know that people died and I know that it was really a weird bioweapon, I think in the big, especially in the beginning, but like, if it was as widespread and as much of a pandemic as they were saying on the news, then more people than I knew personally knew would have been affected. That was one of the first things that kind of I started to question. So I was like, I don't know anyone who's had it. Um, and I, I guess that's not true. There was so the first um person who was hospitalized in Montgomery County was a friend of my stepmom's, like a friend of our family's. Mm-hmm. And um he worked at a, he works at a university and has Chinese exchange students, and they had just come back from spring break. Mm. And he was really, really, really sick. Like he was on a ventilator. Yeah. Um, and I do think a lot of people who did get sick around then were really sick, but it was like one person, um, and he was, he ended up being fine. He's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was a little bit, in, but I'm, I was like, he's like a second degree connection. Right. 
Like yeah, right. no one. Asked. I had a third degree connection of a young guy in his thirties who died. And that mm-hmm. was freaky to me. You know, I was like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But that's literally it. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like the fear was much, it was much louder than like what felt like was actually happening in my world. And that's honestly, that's one of the biggest lessons of all of this for me is like, pay. I, the TikTok people say touch grass, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's what they mean. I'm like, I'm not actually on TikTok, but like, I think that's what they mean when they say touch grass. That's, this is how I interpret it. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I'm in my thirties, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, like look around you instead of like being so glued to our screens and the media and the news and everything. I really try to pay more attention to what's actually happening, like in my immediate reality, right. which many people might say I'm privileged or selfish or narcissistic for that. But I don't think we were ever meant to like hold this much information and this much fear in our, mm-hmm. in our awareness. And um, so I filter a lot of it. It's not that I'm like, not reading or listening to anything, but I filter a lot of it because, and again, pay a lot more attention to what's going on in my immediate surroundings than I used to because, because of all of this. Um, so actually, um, it was a, it was a podcast, Lord have mercy. I know that like, I feel like there's so much judgment around like the information. I'm like, I don't watch news that I listen to podcasts. But um, I, can I think that's better. You get so much more in depth. You can listen. There's so much more actual information in a podcast with someone who knows what they're talking about yeah. than on the news. Are you kidding me? Well, and people who are actually experts too about in their field. And it's not just like someone relaying information through a corrupt <laughs> system that allows only certain knowledge to get through. Right. In like and a snippet, a in like a sensationalized snippet. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if you know Luke's story. He has a podcast. I think it's called like the Lifestylist Podcast. He's got a lot of, um, you know, conspiracy theorists, alternative health information folks on there. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't, I don't listen to his podcast anymore, but I really, I did a lot back then, even before COVID and this, um, he had Dr. Thomas Cowan on. And I've been interested, like I, at that point was already, working in the holistic health world, um, and have had my feet in that ocean for a long time. But like many people, this felt different for whatever reason, at least in the beginning to me, like I didn't immediately connect the dots, which I think of some people still haven't, but I didn't immediately connect the dots between like, like I've always, I have a degree in public health. And so basically spent four years learning about the corruption in the medical and pharmaceutical industries. And like, I really don't think that the program I was in is teaching that anymore. (laughs) I am so certain of it. But when I was in the program, I, that was like, I had just very radical teachers who like, that's what this was all about. And that's, what's obviously confusing about all this too, is I feel like the mindset has shifted so much in the masses and in the left-leaning world and in the academic world of like, when I was in school for public health, I was being taught about how this whole system is corrupt and we need to do something to change it. Um, So I already had those seeds planted in my mind. Again, I am so sure that's not what is being taught now, which is really tragic because I loved my program. And it was that I went to like a giant public university. Like I didn't go, I went to a state. Like it wasn't wasn't anything special. And um, 
That is what's so weird. I'm like, I swear that we were allowed to talk about things in such a different way five to 10 years ago. I know it's crazy. Five years ago. Yeah. Like not even that long ago, right before this was all happening. Um, so yeah, I already had like my ear to the ground in terms of the holistic health world. But when this all came, when this all started, like I wasn't even thinking about that because I was just scared, you know? And I think that was true for a lot of people. But then I listened to this podcast with Dr. Thomas Cowan, who has very, um, radical views on health and he doesn't believe in germ theory and he is all about terrain theory and he's, but he's amazing. I mean, the way he speaks about it is so interesting to the point where it was like, I can't not consider this. So it just took me on a rabbit hole of hearing other opinions about what was going on. And, um, and then also can I, again, yeah, same as you looking around and being like, nobody's sick. And one of the things that, so by like May of 2020, um, I was getting in fights with my family members about it. Um, and I remember specifically, so there was a, this local guy was starting like a farmer's market right as COVID hit. So instead of the space, doing it in the space he had rented, he was doing it outside out of his house and you would line up, like he'd have all of the, the food like ship, you know, delivered to his house and like put up tents in his driveway and you would go and, you know, you'd wear a mask and you'd stand in line six feet apart. There were little chalk circles on the ground and you would like, he had kind of like a semicircle of tables around him and you'd like go stand on the circle and tell him what you wanted. And he'd put it all in a bag for you and then you'd pay for it. Man, yeah. But I was like, we're all still right I don't know like the logic of it started to be lost on me too because I'm like okay well we're still like the whole six feet apart thing he's touching all our food the person checking us out is touching all our food like it just started yeah the logic yeah the logic and one time I got home and my stepmom was like wash your hands and I just, I was like, no. <laughs> and I, I was an <laughs> asshole about it. I was like, I'm not afraid of COVID. And um, it started a fight, a big fight. And that was the first fight I got into with my family. Actually, one of the only ones I will say, but definitely the first, like everyone was crying by the end of it, you know? Oh no. And what, what point was this in the, in the this process? This was like May yeah. 2020. Yeah. By May, I was fucking over it I was like yeah. this makes no sense this is not how health works yeah it's terrible for us this is stupid. I'm like I, I did two years of anatomy and physiology in my public health program it was like the most intense part I think they were weeding people out of like the those kinds of majors it was so intense and I was like this is like this goes against everything I learned yeah and it just felt so yeah I and you know I tried because I've always been a pretty logical person. Um, I'm uh, okay. That's not true. I'm, I'm <laughs> a very person. That is not fucking true. But like when it comes to, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at being like, wow, that's very sensationalized, especially at that point in my, so at that point I had also passed through being like a plant-based vegan and being like really ridiculous about veganism and then had kind of come out of the other side of like, oh, all of those documentaries I watched were like so sensationalized and like completely like the research was flawed and biased. And I think because also I had that, had that experience that when I was starting to read things about COVID and like reading about all of the like 
deeper, darker conspiracy theories. I was really trying to like, because that, to me, I think you can get obsessed with that the same way you can get obsessed with the news. And for me, it like brings up a lot of similar fear feelings. <laughs> and so, I was Oh, like, totally. It's, I feel like yeah. both sides are ways to terrify yes. just the two camps. It's mm-hmm. like, they were going to get you with fear no matter what. Yes. hundred percent. I started feeling that way. And so I was kind of like, you know, being, um, mindful about going down too many rabbit holes online, but also reading a lot more about people who were like deep in the whole, like respected before all of this in the holistic health space and saying like, this isn't how this works. And if your body, like the point is like fortify your body, like eat well, sleep well, move your body. Like no one's fucking saying this. No one is saying all, these are all the things that you can do to like protect yourself from anything like this. You weren't Um, allowed to you. It was, that was considered, that was almost considered conspiracy. Genuinely. It really was. Um, and that also like once you, once that comes into your awareness of like, no one is saying this and anyone who's saying this is being silenced. That for me, again, was just a a major red flag. I was like, okay. So right. Like, I don't know. To me, it was like, you know, you you're collecting evidence to support your views. Right. And, and that was evidence for me. It was like, Oh, what the fuck? It was a sign that something was like, something else was going on basically exactly. to me. Yeah. So that was the first fight. It was with my, my parents and yeah, it sucked. Like I felt so triggered afterwards. Like I did not feel like list heard at all, but I was also because I was still forming my opinion about it. I think I felt righteous about it too. I mean, I was scared number one and the fear went from being afraid of like COVID to being afraid of like whatever the else fuck was happening. Right. Um, and I also think I was, I really wanted to like convince other people <laughs> to like start thinking about this differently, you know? I know. Um, and so I was, it was very, I say logical, no, cause this was like fully emotionally charged. I was just really upset I was like scared about where this was going and you were also watching logic fall apart like you were watching the uh, like what was actually happening not actually be logical exactly exactly and even like you know washing my hand like I'm like washing my hands isn't gonna do anything if what like I I I, I was like what um I don't know it just felt so backwards and I was really frustrated that I felt like no one I mean my my husband was we were on the same page but like no one else was really I I, no one else wanted to talk about this like no one every time I tried to like bring it up to someone I was doing it in a very gentle way because I felt like I was like testing the water a tiny tiny bit to see like how far can this go is there anyone else who's thinking totally I started saying yeah I started saying things like wow this is really crazy isn't it and I would just like wait to see what kind of a response they gave yeah exactly um and I had a big group of friends back home I had like obviously really close with my family and there was there was one I had one other friend one friend of literally like 50 people, one single person who would come over and talk, we could speak openly about what was happening, what we felt was happening. And um, cause really none of us will ever know, I don't think, but <laughs> what we, what we felt like was happening, what we were, what we were like was becoming more and more clear. Um, 
especially what wasn't happening. And, you know, also I had friends like during the most intense, like that, what, what was it? Two weeks to flatten the curve? Or oh yeah. Right. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. So during those two weeks, like the other thing that I started getting like frustrated with other people about was like my, we had a little group of people in our neighborhood who of like neighbors down the street. And then my sibling lived around the corner and we were hanging out the whole time. Cause we were the only people we could hang out with. And then also um, I was like going over to my parents' house to watch the TV shows that we watched every week, even though it was lockdown, it was like, whatever, we're still going to like hang out. Um, Which a hundred percent we, according to everything we were watching, shouldn't have been doing, but I feel like most people were still doing those things, you know? Yeah. Or had like their bubble or whatever they, we used to call it. And right, it was like, oh, right. this is our bubble. Like, but it wasn't just a bubble. There were a lot of people that I was still spending time with. And I think we, it was like also where the language is being used, but it wasn't actually what was happening where it was like everyone who I, who in my neighborhood was like, this is our bubble. And then when right. I was with my family, it was like, this is our bubble. And then I was with like <laughs> coworker, this is our bubble. No, like I've got multiple bubbles, but and I, anyway, yeah. So again, logic failing. Right. Over and over and over again. But there will be people like there could be someone who listens to this and who is like, see, that's why we never got out of lockdown because no one was paying attention. It's like, no, actually, no. The whole concept of lockdown for months and months on end is completely flawed. There's no way that you like, yeah. Anyway, I just want to- Well, and again, yeah, like going into learning more about holistic perspectives on health that are not funded by the pharmaceutical industry or the medical technology industry of like, actually isolating yourself is the worst thing you can do for your immune system. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so yeah. So then, um, <laughs> just saying, so, but I'm no expert, right? Right. right. <laughs> I shouldn't be able to say anything, but, but yeah. So then, um, between May and July, I just got this. Actually it started before that. I just had this feeling of, I need to get out of here, like now. And my husband and I had already been toying with moving out of the city. Um, and I just started feeling the urgency of that. And I'm not, I don't, I don't know what it was. Like I do have a, I do trust my intuition, I should say. Um, And especially after this, I trust myself more than ever before, which is definitely a gift that came out of all this. But I just had this strong feeling that I needed to like literally get out, get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And so we sold our house. And in June, in July of 2020, we sold our house to people who we never met because literally the moment the market reopened, because there was like, excuse me, there was like, um, a period of time where they weren't like, you couldn't sell your house. Wow. Um, I like, cause we talked to our realtor was our neighbor. And so we were like, and also the housing market started going a little nuts, like right away because everyone was probably doing similar things or for multiple reasons. And so, um, but yeah, the moment that we could, I don't know if it was closed down, but like, I, I guess our realtor was saying that there was a period of time where it wasn't possible or it wasn't, maybe it wasn't smart because we couldn't have an open house or anything. So, and our house was like desirable. So we 
it sold in a day, um, wow. over asking 50 grand over asking, which honestly it's worth even more than that now. <laughs> so isn't it crazy? It yeah, like, crazy. yeah, no. Um, yeah. So we sold our house in a second and it, yeah, I just, I was like, gotta get out, gotta get out, gotta get out. And so in July of 2020, we moved to Vermont and the, I, it was impulsive a hundred percent. And, um, my husband was working on, we were both working online. And so it was possible we could go anywhere. And we chose Vermont because we wanted to move to the middle of the woods. Like we wanted, and again, part of this, I think was like being not brainwashed, but like I had seen so many women like online living in the woods, living their best life, cooking all their food, chopping wood, growing, like having babies. And I was like, totally, totally. I had the same thing happen. I was like, shit, I have to become a farmer. Everything's going to fall apart. Like I literally went so, so far. And I have like a whole story around it that I haven't even told yet, but all right. Well, I'm, I went further. I promise. Cause I actually did. Because you actually did it. I didn't. I just was like, oh no, I have to do this. Yeah. So, well, and I had been farming. Like I had been working on urban farms and fill actually not just urban farms, also like big CSA farms. So I knew how to grow food. Um, and I love farming. I love gardening, but like I had done it professionally for so long. I was like, oh, now I'm just gonna move into the middle of the woods. Like you've and- been for <laughs> The world has been preparing you for this yes. moment where oh my God, literally, that's how I felt. I was like, okay, I've already always wanted this. I've always romanticized the shit out of this life that this life that I want. My husband was on board. He wanted it too. And so, um, we were like, now is the time because we are getting the, I'm, I'm getting this feeling that I need to get out of the city. And also we can't like with our work, everything was remote back then anyway. So right everything. I wasn't farming anymore. Obviously (laughs) couldn't do that remote, but, um, yeah, we, we moved to a house off grid a mile into the woods, a little bit North of Montpelier, Vermont. So like North central Vermont. So for the people who, so there will be people who listen to this, who a hundred percent understand why you felt like you need to go off grid, what you were hearing, all that stuff, but there will be people listening who don't know why that was like your next leap from COVID. So especially because you're anonymous, would you, (laughs) would you tell us like what the thought process was? Well, a big part of it was always wanting to do that anyway. Like I grew up camping. I grew up in the woods. Like I, um, that was something again, I had always dreamt of doing. So there was a big part of it. That was that. But the other thing was like, when you go down the conspiracy theory rabbit holes, like this fear that like everything was going to fall apart and we were going, the only way to survive would be to be self-sustaining and to be far away from everything else. And I think also for me specifically that because I didn't have a community of people who were going to like who, who felt the same way that I did, that I felt, I was like, well, I'm fucking alone anyway. So I might as well just go isolate myself in the middle of nowhere and build my fortress so that yeah. when it goes down, when I'm not allowed on the internet anymore, when, when like the food, um, the, when the, what's the word, not the system, but you know the what I mean? Supply chain. Yeah, that's yeah. The one. When the food supply chains fail, when I was scared, like yeah. I was scared. And, um, there was also this sense, I don't know if you had this, but I had this, this looming 
sense that if things really, really escalated more and more and more, and it got more and more polarized, that if you were not someone who followed the COVID rules, you would be like turned in by the people around you who thought that you were the problem. And it's interesting because at that point, like the vaccines had not rolled out at not, it, it was a year and a half until that happened. And so, yeah, it was just this feeling of like, I felt really alone. I felt really isolated. I felt like all of my relationships were going to fall apart anyway. And I felt in danger of like having all of my rights taken away. And I'd never felt that way before. Cause that felt like that was like a Republican way to feel, you know what I right, mean? Right. I was raised in a very, in like the most liberal bubble you could possibly be raised in. Like it doesn't get more liberal than what I was raised in genuinely more progressive quote unquote. And, um, I literally did finger quotes there for all of you. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I, and I, I had been taught my whole life that like this perspective that I was starting to have was wrong and that it was dangerous and it was all of these things. And so I, yeah, I, um, I was scared. I was scared. (laughs) I was scared that like everything was going to be taken away from me. My family, my community, my friends. I mean, all of that felt like it was already being taken away from me just, but just by me, like believing what I believed. And I, I just was like, I, and there's other issues that this is relevant to, we can talk about, but like, I was like, there's reality. And then there's what we're being told. And I, I can't, I, 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 I wish I believed something. I wish I believed what they were saying. I honestly still feel that way. I'm like, I wish I was someone who was just believed it and wasn't like, I know who could, who could not live in reality. But I, from the way I feel about it is like, I live in reality and I'm looking around and like the narratives are not matching up. I'm not, I can't connect the dots. And I wish that I could pretend that I can connect the dots and just move on with my fucking life. But I couldn't. And I was terrified. And so, yeah, it was totally about like being self-sufficient. We were off grid. It was a fully solar property with a well. Um, we did, there was propane, but it wasn't, it was just like, that was a, a luxury. Like we also had a wood burning stove and like the capacity (laughs) to be fully off grid. Um, and also it was an adventure. Like that's the other thing. It was totally an adventure. And it was like part of like the conversations my husband and I were having, like, now's just the time to do this. Like, fuck it. You know, if the world's falling apart, we might as well. And we already, we want to do this anyway. Let's go do it. And so we went hard. We went hard. So when we left, like when we moved, when, when I left like my family, cause my whole family still lives right where we used to live. And I in Philly and I, um, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I sobbed like literally it's like seven hours to where we lived in Vermont. And I cried like almost the whole, like, sobbed. Uh... I totally understand. I mean, even just me moving out of the city in fall 2021, I cried that whole day because I felt like I was being forced out. I also like, and this is, this is like, I mean, this is basically where I will land at the end of all this and we'll get there. But like, I had, like I said, I had this like crazy feeling like you have to get out. I needed to leave. And, but it was so hard because 
I, I mean, I genuinely felt in that moment, like I didn't know where my relationship with my family stood. I didn't know where, if I would have any friends on the other side of this, other than that one person right. who agreed with me, I didn't know if, um, I didn't know, I, I didn't know if I'd be safe. Like I, I genuinely felt so unsure about all of it that even though leaving was legit excruciating, like I love my family. I'm very close with them. And leaving them was, it was, God, it was so painful. It was horrible. And, and I would go back and visit like once every few months. And every time I'd get home, I would literally cry for like two days. Like it makes sense. This is, this is just highlighting like how traumatic and how much division this like put in, into our families and into our friend circles and how much loss there was. And there really was like true loss of relationships for people to this day. I, there is, there are people who I was extremely close to who do not talk to me anymore because of my views on this. And And it's interesting. Like for me, I think that the trauma response with the friend group that I had, which was like this huge, beautiful friend group that I was in the center of for a really long time, I was already starting to pull away a little bit because we were all just entering the next era of life. Like people were starting to have kids and everyone was like living close by. And I was like, I don't know. I wasn't sure if this was what I wanted for my life. Like I felt like already because I'm like more, uh, I have more of a holistic perspective on things that I was already going to be the odd one out who was like not feeding my kids goldfish right. at my, in, my, in my house. Like <laughs> I'm not going to be the goldfish police, but you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. No, I totally get it. Yeah. But like who, who like wants to be at home with my children and who, I mean, there are a few of them who do as well. Um, so I shouldn't say that, but like who my perspective is really different, even on like vaccinating children and all, and just like the reliance on pharmaceuticals for my kids. Like I already could tell that, that I was always going to be the black sheep and I didn't want that. Like, I don't, I need other moms and other women who want to raise their kids. And that's only been solidified since then. So I was already starting to pull back. And then this kind of gave me a reason to just cut everyone off. And that was a trauma response too. It was like, I was afraid that I was going to lose everyone. So I was just like, well, I might as well just lose the, like make it my decision. You know what I, I mean? I did the exact same thing. I did the exact yeah. same thing. I, I really I did. And I was like, no one's going to like me anymore because there was tension. I was like, yeah. I'm yes. going to lose all my friends, all of my readers, everyone. Like I I had my family. That is one thing that I did have. And thank God, because I'm not married and I was totally alone. (laughs) Um, but other than that, I was like, I'm going to lose everyone else and and my career. And I kind of (laughs) did. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've been through the ringer, dude. Um, and not, yeah. So I know you can relate to that. of just being like, but that is, and I looking back on it, like it stings a little, um, to know that I, that was what I did. But at the time I did not have the tools to do anything differently. Cause I was literally terrified. I was traumatized. It was like, yeah. everything was fucked. And so, um, it's not that like, there are people who don't speak to me anymore. Actually, there are a few of those as well. Um, and I'm not even that public with my point of view. They just assume because of the things I say between the lines, you know? Right. Right. Um, well, I, and I just want to say like, cause 
because uh, I don't know who's going to be listening to this, that I, I did the same thing in that I assumed that all my friends would stop being my friend. Now, yeah. yes, there have been people, but most people have come around completely. Yes. Um, even though they don't agree with my perspective, they're yes. like so much softer about it. Yes. Um, and I yeah. did a similar thing where I have one, like my college best friend lives in LA and there was a certain point where it was last year. She's like, I haven't talked to you in so long. And I realized I like started crying. I was like, I realized that I just haven't wanted to talk to you because I knew I was afraid that if I told you how I was feeling and what I think is going on, that you're also not going to want to be my friend. Yeah. And she was like, I'm so sorry you feel that way. And like, we were totally able to talk and she's not like, she doesn't see things the same way as me, but she's open-minded enough. And it just was like such a gift, but yeah, I was doing that. I was like pulling away from people because I I had already like experienced loss. And I was like, I don't want to have to go through this again and again and again. Yeah. We were, I think it's like self-preservation. Um, and there's people who I no longer am really friends with who are, we've never had a conversation about what we think about all this. I know what they think. They probably don't even, or they probably know through other people, like my perspective and that I'm not vaccinated, but, um, actually it was me moving away that like destroyed a lot of those mm-hmm. burned a lot of bridges. Cause I didn't, we didn't tell anyone mm-hmm. and we didn't have a going away party. It was July of 2020. And I a hundred percent use that as an excuse to like not have to have the difficult conversations that I didn't feel prepared to have at the time. Right. And instead I literally posted on Facebook, we're moving to Vermont. Sorry. If you're finding out this way Bye. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because yeah, I was like, and I mean, I have childhood trauma stuff. I mean, I've worked through a lot of it, so I, it does not rule my life, but I think in that moment, just like the abandonment, the fear of abandonment, because abandonment is one of the things that, happened to me and um it's like complex abandonment because it's not that they the person was not there they just weren't really there you know what I mean so yeah um just that fear of being like like you said where it's like everyone's gonna leave me so I'm just gonna leave first um and I didn't know that at, at the time I did not know that it took me years to realize that that's what happened like right. it was literally years later that I was like oh that's why I did it that way that's what was happening in that moment right it wasn't I had no understanding of that in the moment in the moment I was just like I'm living my best life I need to leave like or I'm not living my best life but like I'm doing what's best for me Right. And it was total self-preservation and like survival. I was in survival mode for so long. Literal. Well, and I had, again, cause I've said childhood stuff. Like I was, I had already been in, in survival mode and then this just like intensified it into like emergency, not chronic. It was no longer chronic. It was emergency situation. Um, yeah. And so like they, you know, fight or flight, whatever I, I flip, I fleed. Flight, flight, fled. <laughs> fled. <laughs> oh God, I fled. That's the word. Um, and it was excruciating, like I said. And the same way you said, like a lot of people came around. Same, like that is the biggest thing with my family is that there was one family member that I got into it with because she she's like my mom's cousin and they were visiting for a weekend the same week I happened or the same weekend I happened to be down visiting from Vermont and 
um, they were just passing through on a road trip. They live out West. And, um, I felt like I had to tell them that I was unvaccinated, slightly hoping that they just wouldn't come Mm. honestly. But, um, I think it was just really, I never felt good about like hiding it and being deceitful. And maybe that was also fear of being like found out after the fact. Right. Um, but yeah, so my mom like told them I wasn't vaccinated and with my blessing and they still came and literally within, they didn't hug me when they arrived, hugged my parents and my mom and my stepmom. And they literally within five minutes, my cousin's wife, my mom's cousin's wife, again, whatever, um, told me I was stupid to my face. God. Yeah. And I got into it with her. Cause I was like, are you serious? Like you knew I wasn't vaccinated. If you were uncomfortable with it, you should not have come here. Just and so you could, just so you could like insult me on your yeah. high horse and, um, and your high horse made of lies. Yeah. Well, on that point, it was still like, there was no evidence to prove again, finger quotes, otherwise that, that anything was unsafe. This was like very soon after the rollout. So right. Um, well, it was before the holidays of 2021 to 2022 when everyone fucking got COVID. So <laughs> like, everyone- right. It was, oh, that was when there were so just, just a couple breakthrough cases. And then Literally, everyone you fucking knew had a breakthrough case. And they were like, I, well, thank God that I'm vaccinated. Cause it would have been so much worse. And you just want to say, you do not know that you yeah. literally don't know that you can't, Actually, no, you can't prove that. We know that it's not true. Okay. And actually I, I will get there. Cause I have the stories about how that is what blew open. Like everything with anyone who had any like ammunition against me and, and it wasn't ammunition. Anyone who would argue with me in my family, that was when everything shifted. Cause and I'll, I'll get there, but I want to like stay on track. Cause I yeah. tend to, <laughs> I will go all over the place. But yeah, we, um, so yeah, we fucking moved to the middle of the woods. It was, so the house was hundred percent off grid. It was a mile into the woods. The driveway was a dirt driveway. It was a mile long, a mile long driveway. The closest neighbor was a mile away. Um, and there were parts about it that were so amazing. Like the privacy, I was naked all the time. It was like, we could do whatever we wanted. We were really living like my menstrual cycle perfectly aligned with the moon because there was there was no artificial light around our house at all, obviously. Wow. <laughs> and so like my body was completely in on the schedule of like the sun and the moon. It was awesome. So anyone like I'm fully, I fully believe all that. I mean, I did anyway, but no, I have... wow. That is so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. And, um, but so we lived there for a year and a half and I, I lost my mind and it was like, I, I got cabin fever was part of it, but, um, yeah, the isolation, I think the, I was depressed because I, you know, it was like, am I never, I I grew up in Philly. I'm like, I'm a city girl, like, or, you know, a suburb outside the city. (laughs) Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, am I never going to be able to like, just be a normal person who goes to target on a Thursday, the closest target was 45 minutes away. Like, Right. Is that like how my life's going to be now? And I think I was grieving the loss of my previous life, even though like I had, you know, I had made the decision to leave and I was looking forward to trying out this way of life, but 
Right. Yes. And if and if shit really had hit the fa- fan the oh, way set the fuck up. <laughs> right. It still would have been like emotionally trying in maybe even a worse way, but at least you would be like, okay, this this is what I have to do. And yes. you would be in a different kind of sur- like a very necessary survival mode that right. would have just not allowed you to like, you know, it just would have been different. And you would have been like, thank God we did this, you know, but that's not what happened. Well, and we had completely romanticized this way of living too. And I think, I mean, I really, my husband, and I like loved so much about it. Like, don't get me wrong. There's so much about it. That is so amazing. Like living in nature, living like, yeah, it just, you need a community. Like if you really had had community around you, maybe it would have been a different situation. And we did have names. So we had, and this, so yeah, I'm going to like distill the year and a half down into a few minutes, which is like, there were things that were beautiful about it. It was also COVID and Vermont is very left-leaning predominantly. And so, um, we didn't make any friends Mm. and nobody wanted to hang out. Whenever I would invite people over, they'd be like, oh no, I can't. Um, and then the vaccine rollout happened. And I will say that like, even though my year and a half living off grid in the middle of the woods <laughs> was hard. Um, it was all worth it because I do believe that if my husband and I had been living, still living in Philly, we would have gotten vaccinated. Um, the fact that we were living so isolated is why we didn't get it. I mean, it's not why we didn't get it. It's why we were able to like stick to our guns about not getting it. Do you think like, what do you think would have mm- made you have to get it peer pressure I mean literally being the only ones like I didn't I don't know anyone else again that one friend who I mentioned already is the only other person in that entire community like the entire community that I had back home as someone who and not only like the people who I considered close but like even the extended network like whenever people talk to me about it even now they're like you're the only person I know who didn't get it as kind of a reason of like I'm the weird one you know what I mean right um So when the vaccine rolled out, our neighbors who we were close to our, we were like friendly with our neighbors. Um, they were the closest we we had to drive past them to get to our property. (laughs) Like they, they were great. They were like Trump QAnon people, which is interesting (laughs) in Vermont. Like they're everywhere. Um, which isn't necessarily like, that is not a shared, I don't share that perspective personally, um but they're but but they but, became some of the only people who yes. understood this is the yes. weirdest thing it was like okay I actually understand you now I know. and more you understand me and that was the craziest yeah. thing that there was like more common ground there even if yes. I didn't like fully drink that Kool-Aid you know what I mean I understood their fears now I was like because yeah. I'm seeing it yes. you know what I mean and also like yeah it that was crazy because like I cried when Donald Trump was elected like I literally wept. I was like so distraught. And then just a few later, a year, just a few years later to be like, oh, like you're the, the only you're- people. These are the only people who will like yeah, and they be were my also, friend. They were incredible neighbors. Like they helped us so much. Like we had to plow our, we had a tractor and we plowed our own driveway and like they taught us how to fix the tractor. They would like, they had chickens and they would like bring us a walk down our driveway and like just leave eggs on our, on our deck. And they would like, so nice. oh my God, they were incredible. They were honestly some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, which is also like, I think most people who have that perspective about Trump people and 
people, a lot of people I know who are really hateful towards anyone who has opinions differing than them politically. It's like, go fucking spend some time with them. They're like, like, I'm sure some of them are dirt bags, but like to be, cause I was again, like so liberally brainwashed to believe that anyone who could have voted for Trump is like the worst kind of person. They're the horrible people in this world. They are the reason why everything is so fucked up. And then to meet them and be like, they're just people. They're just normal fucking people. They're just nice, helpful, sweet, incredible, normal fucking people who have different views than me. And that's also helped me like snap out of that perspective. Um, And so they, when the vaccine rolled out, um, my husband and I were um, considering getting vaccinated. Hey guys, I'm just going to interrupt the conversation really quickly to talk about some ways you can support this podcast if you feel so inclined. Um, One way is to leave a good review on iTunes. That always, always helps. Another way, of course, is to reach out to me with your own problematic story and see if you would be a good fit for the podcast. Another way to financially support this podcast is to become a paid subscriber over on Substack. Now, this podcast feeds out through Substack, meaning I am able to give you a private podcast feed with bonuses and other perks when you become a paid subscriber. For instance, with this episode, I already released the raw audio many, many days ago for people. It's the entire conversation from start to finish. She is not anonymous behind the paywall in this particular instance. She didn't mind um, sharing her name and her Instagram behind the paywall. Um, And I have lots of other perks for paid subscribers. It is $7 a month. You can do it for just one month and cancel. Um, And it really does help especially as I want to be bringing you more and more stories like this on a more regular basis, especially. I also have lots of paid posts behind the paywall, and I also have audio versions of all of my posts for just for paid subscribers. So that's in a private, um, a private podcast feed that you can also listen to through Spotify or iTunes. Um, and... Yeah, that's all. Enjoy the conversation. We like were looking for appointments because everyone was everyone we knew was getting it. And we literally were like, we're never going to be able to leave the country. We're never going to be able to spend time with our family. We're never we're not we're going to have no friends. We're going to be stuck here in this house forever. Yeah. Um, And so we. Yeah, we uh, had we didn't have appointments, but we were looking at them. And then I started getting messages from women asking me about well I started seeing it online and then getting messages from hundreds of women because I asked about it on online who had had like the vaccine had been rolled I don't know it had been maybe like a couple weeks and I when I inquired about it on my stories so many women were like yeah my period is fucked up either they got it like 18 days early right after getting the vaccine and they never have an irregular cycle or they got it and they haven't had it like their period is now late or they had like extreme pain or 
symptoms that they had never had before or their mother who went through menopause 10 years ago, got the shot and started bleeding. Um, some women who like had had hysterectomies and then got the shot and started bleeding like shit that made no fucking sense. And it scared me. Yeah. It scared me. And also, yeah. Okay. On the news, they were saying nothing to worry about my friends. You don't fucking know that. Like if it's all about the science and the studies and bullshit, but where is the science behind you saying there's nothing to worry about when there's clearly no studies on that? Like what? And you have no, even if it's fine for the first year, you haven't even studied it for a year. You have no idea if there are going to be any sort of long-term effects. No, and to be able to say that, that there's nothing to worry about is just a lie because you simply don't know. You simply don't know. And I was hearing it like, from women saying, I'm scared. What do I do? And I was like, I can't help you because I don't know. And that habit, I remember I was sitting in my car in, in downtown Montpelier in Vermont waiting for like my lunch order. And I was like, I'm not getting it. I'm not fucking getting it because also like having again, degree in public health, learned a lot about women's health over the years. I'm like, the pharmaceutical industry does not give a shit about women. Like that is one thing that I feel like the liberal agenda was fully on board with that before. Like, yeah, it's knew that that was and that was the thing. And when I got in the fight with my mom's cousin's wife, <laughs> I was like, How, when did we go from trusting? Like, like the pharmaceutical industry has never cared about women. When did we go to thinking that they do? And I want, like, I want to have children. I was afraid of what this was doing to fertility. And so. And it's also the canary in the coal mine. Like, you know, right. Like if you're, if your cycle starts getting messed up, it means there's something going on. Exactly. It literally is the canary in the coal mine. And I trust my body. I trust those other women's bodies. I trust those other women. What happened to fucking trusting women? I trust their stories. I trust their fear. And so I decided in that moment not to get it. And I'm so glad that happened because I know that if I hadn't, it was the same thing with when COVID first happened, like all of the holistic mindset went out the window for uh, maybe six weeks because I was just scared. Right. When the vaccine first started being rolled out, it was just like, oh, this is just something we're all going to do. And I didn't, For again, it was like maybe not even like a week to 10 days where I was like looking to make an appointment. Um, and I was looking to get the J and J vaccine, you know, I was like, I'm not getting the other one, but I'm going to get the like anti-vaxxers vaccine or whatever. Right. And, um, and is that because that one doesn't have MRNA or what's the reason? I, I guess that's, I guess that's why I stopped caring once I decided not to get it at all. So, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, we didn't get the vaccine told my family I wasn't getting the vaccine. The first thing my dad asked me was, are you a Trump person? Are you a Trump person now? Um, which is like, so what if I was, you know? Right. Um, and also just like that those to question anything, like you're immediately in the other camp, you're immediately in the bad, crazy, stupid. Insane. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was hard for a while. Like, yeah, that experience with the family member happened um my dad wouldn't let me in his house without a mask on um it yeah it was 
hard. And I will say my mom the whole time didn't give a shit. She literally was like, she's vaxxed and boosted, but she was like, didn't give a shit. Um, Like wanted her daughter. She could understand where I was coming from. She was like, yeah. And she, you know, she was like, I'm doing this because I have to. Like, I, she felt like she had to with her job. And also like, I get it. Some people don't want to fight this fight. I think for some people it was not worth like losing (laughs) your entire community, your job. Like it wasn't worth it, you know? Yeah. And I I just, I, you know, I had a longer history with vaccines. Like basically I was, I'm go, I'm, I'm really going to go there right now, but I was basically at least semi anti-vax way before this because of stuff that have happened in my family to people that I know, um, research that family members have done because of that. I was wary and I didn't, I didn't trust it at all. So I was too scared of what I knew could happen, um, to, to let it not be something that if I didn't have to, like I was, I was going to fight this fight, but I, but exactly what you're saying, like if I had had a different like life experience and belief about it, then it probably wouldn't have been something that I dug my heels in so hard on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the issue for me, I was not the anti-vax at all before that. I mean, I never got a flu vaccine, but I was like, that was just because I was like, whatever. And I learned in my public health education that they just choose one strand of, um, of the flu to protect against. And it's usually not even the strand. They guess which one's going to be the dominant strand. And it's not usually even the one that's right. And also I had gone to one anti-vax, um, like lecture at my university, which again, would never fucking happen again. And they talking about the ingredients in the vaccines in like the, I think it was specifically the flu vaccine. Um, now I'm, and and that's the thing. It's like, if you're like, Oh, what you're anti-vax now. I'm like, yep, (laughs) sure. I am. Um, I am. And I've said that out loud to my family members and, and anyway, yeah, my mom was always chill about it. And then I had some hard conversations with my, my dad and his girlfriend about it. Um, my older brother was hesitant and didn't get it for like months. Once I decided not to get it, that's when I started educating myself about all the other vaccines. Cause I'm like, well, why is this one different? Oh, it is different. But also like, you know, learning more about the childhood vaccine schedule and all these things. I'm like, if I'm someone who is wary of the pharmaceutical industry, I have to educate myself on this, you know? And, um, and I had never considered it before. Like I had always, it's not that I had been like, oh, anti-vaxxers like are stupid or whatever. It was more just that I hadn't really ever thought about it. Like it wasn't something that ever entered my realm of existence. And so I learned more about it and now I definitely have strong feelings about it. Um, and it is definitely, yeah, something I feel like unmovable on. So when I talk about like, oh, well, my ideas could change at any moment. This is one that I really, I don't know what would have to happen for that to change. You know, like I, like I, and I don't speak openly about it other than to my family. Um, and a few friends who are like, well, my kids are never going to hang out with your sick ass kids. And I was like, well, your kids are going to be protected. So yeah. Hello. And actually when I said that, the person who I, who said that to me was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, I got through there for a moment. Um, 
and I don't know, for me, again, I think that um, most people expect to meet someone who's anti-vax, anti, who, who doesn't want to vaccinate their kids, doesn't want to take any vaccines, and thinks of them as, like, these insane, radical, like, fucking, that I'm going to be, like, standing on, like, with a torch trying to convince everyone that they don't don't vaccinate your kids no i don't give a shit what you do like to me also i'm like it's not going to be public knowledge like my family will know but i this is not something i'm going to shout from the rooftops like it's my decision it's my children and great for you if you decide something else but i don't want to have the fight i'm not here when i say that like this is an important hill for me to die on. What I mean is like for my children. Yeah. Not, not because I want to have to be some activist. I really fucking don't, which is like, as a writer, I'm like, I don't want to become like a political writer. I don't want like all like I, this, this, this like energy that we've all had over the last three years. I don't want to carry this. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think you do a good job of being like sharing your perspective without. And, and I think that's really brave too, is to be able to share your perspective but you sharing your perspective is not necessarily you saying you have to do this in your life as well. Right. I just think we've gotten so, um, we've become so averse to hearing because, and so we live in an algorithm based world now, right? Where your Instagram feed, your fucking Spotify, your fucking Netflix, everything is your Google, like your browsers, everything is working off an algorithm that is learning the things that you already like in order to show you more of what you already like so that you will engage more so that those things can have good viewership or you will buy more things because you're going to buy more things. If it's the algorithms are like, you already like this. So you're definitely going to like this too. You're definitely going to like this too. It's not showing you things of like, here's a new perspective or here's a different perspective because most of it is marketing. Right. And it's about views. It's about money. It's about all of this. And so we live in an algorithm-based world, which has desensitized us to seeing things that aren't things we are already interested in. Literally, yeah. like even our Spotify, it's like, you're not even going to be exposed to new music because Spotify is just going to be showing you more of what it thinks you already like or what it knows you already like. Right. And so same with social media, it's just, everything's become an echo chamber. So we've become literally desensitized to like hearing perspectives that differ from our own or oversensitized, right? Oversent, right. Not desensitized. We've become like what the, I can't think of the word, but we've become like, yeah. Easily triggered by things <laughs> that we don't already agree with. Because right? we live in this algorithm based world. That's just showing us you're existing in an echo chamber. That's just echoing back more of what you're already thinking. So that when you see something that disrupts that, it feels uncomfortable and the algorithm plus just the division that has happened has made it so that like when you hear something that differs from yourself, it feels wrong because it's not what you are get you have got your brain has gotten used to. Um, and I don't I don't want to live in that world. Like I'm not here to convince anyone else that they need to have the same views as me. And that's what like where I have arrived after this whole experience because I'm really still really close with my family and we disagree on so many things but the gift that this whole process has given me is to we still love each other like that's what comes first and we can still coexist and we can disagree we don't even really need to talk about it all the time Um, I love that I love that 
that's what like, yeah, that's really beautiful. Cause that it's, and it's been a journey. Yeah. Okay. So we, the thing that, <laughs> the thing that made me leave Vermont again, so thrilled that we moved to Vermont. So thrilled that we live that way because I think it allowed us to dissent against the mainstream vaccine narrative. And for me, that was the best choice. I, whatever anyone else chose to do, I hope that it was, I mean, I know that it was what was right for them in the moment, whether that was because they wanted to keep their job or because they are fully behind the vaccines or because they were scared of COVID, whatever their reason, I'm sure they made the right choice for them. I made the right choice for me and living isolated away from like peer pressure allowed me to make that choice. So I don't regret any of it. I love that because actually like, remember how you were like, I just knew I needed to get out. I knew I needed to get out. And I was like, that's interesting. I wonder what was pushing you because the world wasn't falling apart at the speed that we were afraid that it was, that was probably that. I really think. And that's why I say like, I'm at the point now where I just really trust my intuition because it, it led like that. It led me there. And it felt, it does. I even looking back on it, I'm like, that was why I feel like that was why. And so, yeah. So, but okay. So the thing that like, (laughs) the thing that finally made us leave when the vaccine rolled out, when we didn't get it, we were connected to our neighbors. We ended up talking about it, um, which is kind of how we like knew what all of our shared opinions were and shared and not shared. And they started like a group of people called the church of the unvaccinated and um, started gathering like weekly. And we started going to these weekly gatherings at their house. And um, it was a very interesting cast of characters. Let me tell you what, it was mostly like, like preppers, (laughs) Right. Yeah. And the type of people you would think move to the wilderness to be isolated. Definitely some like ex-heroin addicts who had no more teeth and um all of it. Just a cast of characters, none of whom I ever would have met in my life if it hadn't been for this. But I was talking to and this months in, probably like eight months in. I was talking to one of them and he had like a whole compound that he, like his house was like fully set up. And he was talking about, he had bought a, um, not a freeze dryer, but some like a vacuum sealer Mm -hmm. and, um, just like this super expensive, like fancy thing that would allow him to preserve dry goods for pretty much indefinitely. And we were talking about that and I was like, so when do you think like shit's going to go down? And I was still, I was always skeptical that it ever was again. Like that was part of our mindset moving to the extreme place that we did, but it was also like an adventure. Sure. And it was also like something we had always wanted to do. So I wasn't like fully ever fully convinced, but you know, speaking to these people, I was like, damn, they're like ready. They've got the guns, they've got the food, they've got the water. Like- yeah. Do they know something that I don't know? And what, exactly. what do they know? And so I was like, when do you think this is going to go down? He's like, for sure in 30 years. And I was like, excuse me. I thought he was going to be like six months. You know? <laughs> and I was like, we got to go. I was like, no, my, like, I was just like, no, this is not it. Like, I'm not doing this for 30 fucking years. I am not, this is not it. I need to go live my life. I that need- is so funny because was- I was, I had a, a friend who was, was psychic, but not because she was wrong. 
Um, <laughs> she was like, fall 2021, everything's going to fall apart. You better be out of the city. You, and she, I have a vacuum sealer because of her. I have so yeah. much stuff that I'm probably never going to use. Even if shit does go down, I'm not going to be prepared because I'm so over it. And like, I'm <laughs> relaxed now. Maybe yes. I'm wrong, yeah. but um, I'm like, let me go down with the ship at this point. Honestly, like, drop yeah. the nuke right yes, on me. On my head. <laughs> I don't want to live through the apocalypse. I'm, I don't, yeah. I really don't, no, but no. um, I mean, yeah, like I'll have some backup water and whatever. Like if there's a thing that lasts, you know, a couple of weeks, it would be nice yeah. to have some stuff, but, um, but then just take me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but singing guns blazing (laughs) but then the timelines changed and then it was fall 2022 and I was like okay okay all right and I just like went into this like terror depression like thing and then I was like she's wrong she's she's not right about whatever she's saying she's not right about that so am I how much longer am I going to be in this terror thing yep yeah, exactly. So, and I, I literally, I like laughed when he said that, not in a rude way, but I was like, I literally laughed out loud because you weren't expecting him to say that. No, I, I was literally shocked. I was shocked. And so, yeah, we went home and I was like, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. I can't, I, I, nope. We made whoops, whoopsie daisies. You know, like I was like, I'm so depressed. I'm so lonely. Um, I don't want to live here. And how Turns long had, out. You, had you been there at that point? A year and a half. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we left. Did and... you sell it? Yeah. Okay. I, I know that was part of it too, of just like the financial decisions of the last year. I mean, actually it has, it, it didn't end up badly for us, but it was chaotic, you know? Yeah, totally. And um, yeah. And so we, there were multiple iterations of plans of what we were going to do, like where we were going to go, if we were going to go together or if like my husband was going to stay there and then I could just go and see what it felt like to be elsewhere. And we would like, you know, I'd come back and, or just to, so that we weren't making another impulsive decision. Cause we did at that point have the awareness that moving there was impulsive and, right. and you didn't want to do it again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was like, were we going to go back to Philly? Cause I really, really missed my family. And at that point, um, I don't know, I was kind of more, I just think also I was like, it felt like I could handle being the outcast, uh, whatever my family still loved me. Like we, it would be fine. And then, um, we kind of were thinking we have friends in California with similar perspectives who were building a house and they were like, you could like have, get a trailer and like, you know, like a, you know, uh, like an Airstream and live on our property. So we were considering that for a minute, but then just the fires and like everything going on in California, we were like, "Mm, that feels insane to go there (laughs) um, politically. And then we landed on, we were just like, Austin, let's go to Austin. Um, so we moved to Austin and when we first got here, I would probably for the first six months, at least it was, we, I was still just like recovering from not just having like lived the way, the isolation of where we had lived. Also the lack of sunlight because it was a bad winter followed by a very mild summer. And there was just, we had 
there was like no sunshine and I found out later that my vitamin d levels were like in the toilet they were so bad they were so low because I got a blood test at some point um pretty soon after we got here and then uh yeah so I felt like I spent like six to eight months recovering and yeah probably more like eight to nine months now I think about it because yeah something clicked last like in honestly in like September August September um and I found like yeah I I don't know I came out of fight or flight like same that's exactly when I came out of fight or flight yeah well then I got depressed because I was so exhausted and my life is unrecognizable and et cetera et cetera but that's when I came out of fight or flight yeah it was like I don't know what happened um yeah, yeah, and it's been up and down since then. It's not like I've been smooth sailing, but way better than any other point in my life, including before all of this happened. Because like I said, I was like dealing with chronic stress and fight or flight anyway. But yeah, I just, I had been doing a lot of like different therapies and tried different things. The thing I think that really helped was EMDR. I don't know if you've ever done that or heard of it. But I've never done it, but I've definitely heard of it. That I think, I mean, I did a lot of stuff not all around the same time, but like in those eight months, I did ketamine assisted psychotherapy, um, which was cray Zay. I don't recommend it for the faint of heart. It was really, oh, wow. <laughs> but I mean, it was great. Like it allowed me to have a big emotional release, which I think was the best part of it. Um, but it was really, it was very intense. I did it like in a facility with a psychiatrist who like sat in the room the whole time. Right. I've um, heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I think that helped, but the thing that really helped was EMDR. And also, yeah, just like, I feel like I settled and I looked around me and, um, well actually rewinding back. So, um, we got here in December of 2021 and, uh, my husband's family came and visited right after that. So I had been home or we had both been home in Philly for Thanksgiving and we had to, this was not this past Thanksgiving, but the one before. And we like, again, I can't remember if this was something that was requested of me, or I think it was a combination of like, it made my mom who was hosting Thanksgiving more comfortable. And also I didn't, again, I never wanted to be deceitful and I wanted to be able to stand my ground Mm -hmm. and be like, yeah, I didn't get it. Um, it just felt right to do that. And there was no one else in the 30 people who were going to be there who were not vaccinated. And so we told everyone and no one cared. Like one, my aunt and uncle didn't hug me. Um, and, but my other aunt who had been posting, like really, she had been posting things on Facebook. Like, and this is what I mean by you think you're posting into the echo chamber. So she had been posting things like, Oh, if you don't get vaccinated, you lose your job. Wah. You know, right. like you don't deserve to have a job. And um, I told her, like we told her that we were unvaccinated. And I was like, it's really hard because I don't want this to impact our relationship because we're, we're like not super, super, super. We're cl- we are close. We're close. And I was like, I'm really scared to tell you this because I don't know what you're going to think because I know that like this is not, you know, you do have opinions about this. She literally like cried and hugged me and was like, uh, she didn't go all the way to apologizing because I think she was just literally embarrassed and 
like Mm. sad because people just think they're posting into the echo chamber. She never thought that someone close to her, like that she would be insulting one of her loved ones. Right. And so I do think that's true for a lot of people too. I know that there are some people who like have their heels dug in and are, you know, shitty about it and do genuinely believe that if you're unvaccinated, you should die or you deserve to die or whatever. But like, I do also know that from my experience, like speaking face to face to the vast majority of people in my life who I have spoken to openly about this are like, can totally get it. And are, are, you know, they might like want me, I don't know. Yeah. They might have boundaries about it, which is fine. I respect that. But, um, the vast majority of people don't, they, they, they are, they just want to love. We just want to, they love me. Like, yeah. And, and I, I think like, I wonder what it, what it would have been like if, if it had, sorry, if the, if it hadn't come out more and more and more and more and more, how much it didn't yeah. work, how, know, yeah. you know, what the risks, like more and more risks. Like right. I do, I do want, like if that had been kept under wrap, cause obviously that's why we didn't get it. Right. Like there yeah. were reasons. Yeah. It um, wasn't a flipping decision for me. It was hard. <laughs> like, and I, I wasn't, it wasn't like from the moment it came out, I was like, fuck that. It was like, no, this was like a decision. <laughs> it wasn't right, like, right. It was what was best for me, period. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, and that so that was the interesting. So um Thanksgiving happened. We had to tell everyone. I think everyone took tests. It was whatever. You know, that's a whole nother fucking whatever. So this is 2021, <laughs> right? Fall 2021. Yeah. So it like, you know, it was still fresh. But it was okay. So that all happened. Um, but it was a conversation and it was also there was a while where we were unsure if we were going to stay or not because we didn't want to deal with having those conversations. And then there was more crying with my mom and fighting about it because she really wanted us to stay. But I was really nervous about it because I didn't want to have to like stand in front of my entire family and being like, I am unvaccinated. What do right. you think about it? You know right, what I mean? I was, right. Like I, I still feel, um, I feel private about it. And I think that's appropriate. Well, that's the other thing that happened. Like it became like you had, like you had to start like declaring your status in this way. That's like really inappropriate. Really. If you think about how, like we have treated health privacy (laughs) until, until very recently, it's just this like really weird, weird. And it was like, I had moral, it was a moral dilemma for me because on one hand, I understood because I didn't want to be deceitful. I didn't want to not tell people and then have them find out after the fact and feel like I had lied to them. Do you know what I mean? But I also wasn't sure that it was appropriate for me to disclose just like to, that. I, I didn't feel good about the fact that I felt like I had to disclose. So I wanted to make sure like it was my decision that it was like, okay, this is what is going to make people feel most comfortable. Am I willing to do that? So rather than having to like fight about it and be like, I'm not going to fucking do that, blah, blah, blah. It was like it, I, and I went back and forth about it multiple times and we did obviously end up staying and telling everyone, but like, there was a point where I wasn't going to, because I just didn't want, I didn't want to have to do that. And, but I, I just, again, like the thing that I have landed on throughout all of this is like, my connection to my family is more important than my beliefs period. Yeah. And so, um, but then, so what happened was there was, so there was drama around that. It wasn't just like, Oh, I told them, well, it was like, 
I went back and forth about whether or not I was going to stay. I got in a fight with my mom about it. We all cried. We decided to stay. We told our whole family, had that situation with my my one aunt. The other one wouldn't hug me. That felt shitty too. It, that hurt, whatever was still, but in the end, it like on the day of Thanksgiving, it didn't really, other than, yeah, not like some people giving me their elbow instead of hugging me or whatever, like, and watching them hug everyone else. Um, it didn't, it wasn't a big deal. And like, again, on the day, it wasn't a big deal, but leading up to it, it had been. And we left a few days after Thanksgiving we drove to Austin from Philly. We moved here and my, the night we left, my family got together for just a regular family dinner. Everyone got COVID. Mm. So my mom called me like a couple of days later and was like, the irony of this is not lost on me. <laughs> like we were all worried about you guys giving us COVID. We had this whole thing about Thanksgiving. Y'all oh, so left- you weren't there. No, we weren't there. And they, it was my sister-in-law was patient zero or whatever, you know, who, I mean, again, I question all of this, but she was the one who, who gave it to everyone. I think, again, I wasn't there, so I'm not totally sure, but right, right. it was like my, and that was when my family started being like, huh? Because, and it was also like multiple, it, so no, it wasn't the day we left. It was multiple days after we left because whatever this timeline was, there was no way, it was not possible at all that it had been our fault. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and this was still, I mean, like I remember fall 2021, this was still when people believed that you were protected when you were vaccinated. Yes, exactly. And that the the first- case, a case was just a rare, 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 yes. rare breakthrough case. So that's when my family started being like, huh because they're smart people and they definitely said well maybe it was not as bad because we had whatever we were vaccinated or whatever but the fact that like the fear of us giving it to them followed by like the drama about thanksgiving followed by them all getting it and giving it to each other even though every single one of them were vaccinated and boosted right like was not lost in them so and then so that was kind of the first crack in the foundation and then and honestly, when that happened, I was like, thank God. I mean, everyone was fine. No one even really got sick. Like, well, no, that's not true. My brother, yeah, people got sick, but not like nobody was violently, violently, violently. Like a, like like a bad, bad flu that sucks. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're not sucks, going to the hospital. And they were definitely yeah. sick. And like, there were some moments that it felt a little scary um, of like not being able to keep fluids down and that kind of thing. But no one was like, everyone recovered is what I'm trying to say. And then- right. And then my husband's family came to visit us here in Austin for Christmas and they arrived mid-December, I think like the 15th of December and they are elderly. So my, my father-in-law is in his early eighties. My mother-in-law is in her mid seventies and there was drama about obviously us not being vaccinated, being in Texas, all of this stuff, um, you know, tests were taken, all of it. We all arrive, we're staying in an Airbnb together and we get there, we spend the night, like we spend the day together. Obviously we're all hugging. We haven't seen each other in two fucking years. Mm -hmm. Like my husband had not seen his parents in two years. He doesn't, they're not, they, he lived, they live far away. Um, so it was like a big motherfucking reunion and it was great. It was awesome. The next morning, my 
father, my elderly father-in-law wakes up and he doesn't feel well. Mm. And then the next day, well, no. And then later that day, mother-in-law doesn't feel well. And so they were in denial about it because they got boosted right before they left. They had hmm, yeah. interesting, Literally interesting like, timing. I know. Well, it was like a week before this all happened, but still, still, yeah. Um, and obviously, all the conversation had been around Tom and I not exposing my elderly father-in-law to COVID. Sure, yeah. He got it. They tested positive. We'd all already been hugging and everything. Um, and then my mother-in-law got it. They were both again. They were sick. They were laid out for a few days, but they were totally fine. And then, um, uh, six days later on Christmas Eve, I started not feeling well and I got sick. Right. So basically they gave it to you. You didn't, they gave it to me and I was fine. I I had a fever for a day. I was fine. Um, it sucked that it was on Christmas and I didn't feel good. And I also, I also got my period (laughs) that day too. So I was like. (laughs) wow, great. I don't want to move, but I have to. Um, and just, it sucks when you're sick and you have your period. Like I don't even have bad periods and it just sucked Mm. And anymore, bad periods anymore, but yeah. So, um, and my husband again, not vaccinated, didn't even get it. Right. And he was like nursing his parents and me. And like, he was the one, he did not get it. At all. Yeah. That's the, so like right that same Christmas, 2021, my entire family and lots of my family are unvaccinated. Yeah. My entire family got it, including the, including the vaccinated people. Yeah. And it was Omicron. It was mild for most of them, mild for most of the unvaccinated people too. And I did not get it. Yeah. That's what happened to my husband. Didn't even get it. I don't, I mean, I was pounding supplements. I was like doing all the things. My husband was doing nothing because he doesn't give it. He does. He's not, he's not into that kind of stuff. Um, no, he literally was doing nothing. He was like drinking beer (laughs) and eating pizza. Cause that's mostly what we were having for dinner, just ordering pizza and he didn't get it. And so that just blew that plus like, and those two things happen like within two weeks of each other. Right. right, And that just like blew open any argument anyone ever had. And look, I'm not sitting here saying, I know for sure that like the vaccines didn't help my father-in-law not get sick. He had had cancer treatment earlier that year. He is on a million heart medications. He is on blood pressure medication. He's on, he's got a whole pharmacy. Like he's on tons of medication. He had cancer. Like, like I said, he was fine. And I'm not sitting here saying I know for sure that he would have been fine if he wasn't vaccinated because I don't know. And that's the thing we don't actually know is the point. Um, I just know that like, I am not vaccinated. I did not get more sick than them. It was the same. And my husband also didn't even get it. So yeah, that that experience (laughs) that like literally, I think also because thank God my family lives in reality for the most part. And my in-laws that everyone was just like, Oh, huh. And it wasn't, I'm again, I wasn't standing there bashing my fucking like pots and pans being like, I was right. You were wrong. No, all the people, all the 
some people or many people needed was to have an experience that showed them something that countered what they were being told for so, yeah. so, so long. Yeah. And they were able to soften. Now there are some people who were not able to soften, who were so locked in that yeah. they would have somehow said, well, this is an anomaly or, or they would have twisted the, the reality to like fit their worldview. But when it's that clear, you have to say, oh, well, this isn't what I thought. <laughs> and I feel sad for those people because, and I, the thing that I have realized and where like all my edges have softened, because there was first the fear that like led us to move into the woods. And then after like part of why we stayed in, in Vermont for the time that we did was also because like, so yeah, the vaccines rolled out. I think it was like January, maybe it was like right after Biden was elected. I feel like the vaccines rolled out or whatever, 20 late 2020 or uh yeah uh or or yeah 2020 and then that would have been yeah that would have been right right around biden yeah yeah and i don't even know if that timeline's right anyway but whatever what i'm saying is we stayed like for a while longer probably than we would have before i had that moment where i was like what the fuck are we doing because i was again afraid i was never going to be able to fly again i was never going to be able like i was going to be completely ostracized from my family and then what i slowly was realizing was like Oh, and, and like, even that experience with Thanksgiving, the fight, the crying fight I had with my mom, where I was trying to decide whether or not to, to stay at Thanksgiving. And she really wanted me to, um, and I was like, so emotionally charged about it and scared of being like treated like a leper, all of these things. And then to have, to, to decide to stay, have that experience and like had a great time and no one gave a shit for the most part, that was really eye opening. this experience was eye-opening the fact that my family, and again, we didn't even, none of us had that. In, we didn't have like deep conversations about it. It was not like, I was like, so yeah, you got something to say to me. You know what I mean? I was like, no, but it, everything changed at that point because they, they were able to see like, oh, and that's the thing where I have empathy is like, they were just repeating what they had been told. And I just happened to not trust those sources or to be able to at least poke holes in the argument. Like, how are they saying these things with such certainty when there's no way that they could possibly know? Um, Having a background in public health, I know how research works. I know what science is. This is not fucking science. Like, this is not how this works. I question it. They weren't questioning it. I have empathy for that. Like, my mom loves Rachel Maddow. And Rachel Maddow was one of the people saying like, you cannot transmit it. If you get vaccinated, you will not get it. Like with such definitive, like she was saying it with such confidence that of course people believed her. Yeah. And the craziest thing is there are people now saying nobody ever said that you wouldn't transmit it if you were vaccinated, if you were vaccinated, because that's the argument now, like it doesn't stop transmission. They're like, well, they never said it would. It's like, yes. They did. The president of the United States said it. Fauci said it. Yes. Yes. All you have to do is Google the footage. It's there. They're not like, yeah, but I do. I'm like, I get it. And I was just, and that, so that also like the edges started to soften. I like for me, like, and that was the beginning of what eventually I feel like really shifted in August and September where it was like, I'm not going to lose everything. I'm, I, I'm not like. I'm fly- and also like the mask mandate was lifted on planes. So when I was on a plane, like I felt 
fun because I, you know, I go home a lot because I love my fucking family, even though we disagree on things. And like, I love them so much. I don't care. But, you know, once I just felt, I was like, oh, things are kind of like, I like people don't even know that I'm not vaccinated. Um, yeah. And then around September, I, I mean, the EMDR, which is basically just a way to like get your, get your, nervous system out of fight or flight. It's, it's not even talk therapy. It's like you hold these buzzers in your hand and you have headphones on your ears and it's alternated buzzing and beeping. And the idea is that it helps you, it helps like reset your nervous system and reframe traumatic memories. And I didn't actually do it around the COVID stuff, but I did it around childhood stuff that had similar, like abandonment, fear of abandonment, like that kind of the, the memories that of maybe where that, like why it felt so intense around COVID, like where, it, where it came from. Um, and I just felt myself relax. Like I, yeah, I was like, oh, I think things are going to be okay. And yeah, one I of know. the, why, yeah. One of those reasons why was because also with my family, it was like, there had enough time had passed and enough things had happened like that. Um, and where I could say openly to like my mom of like, I'm not vaccinating my kids, but I want to raise them near you. Um, I'm going to homeschool them, but I would love for you to be part of that too. Like, um, yeah, like yeah. The, the safety of like that you've started to feel safe again. Yeah, I started to feel safe. And I also, because we had all had different, differing opinions about the vaccine. Um, I felt safe to have a differing opinion from them without feeling, being afraid that they were going to disown me or abandon me or that I had to abandon them because we didn't agree. And also part of moving to Austin was like, my husband, and I wanted like Vermont was not like-minded, even our neighbor, like our neighbors were the closest people like that. The church of the unvaccinated was like right. the closest people we could find to people who were like us. But we came here because I was like, what about young people who are like on the internet, who aren't preppers, who like to go to Target, who like to play video games because I like to play video games. Who, You know what? It's like people who are living in the fucking world and who have a balanced view of things where it's like, it's like everything you speak about with diet, right? It's like, yes, seed oils are bad for you. Doritos taste awesome. Both of those things are true. Like <laughs> you can live in a world right. where both of those things are true. Right. And you make a decision while being able to hold both of those realities in your mind at the same time. And I yeah. want that. It was like, I came here, we came here because I wanted to see what it would feel like to meet people who were like me, who were like young and normal, but also had these like very not normal view- viewpoints. Um, and I have met people but I miss my family. And I, so it also around September, I was listening to this book called, I think it's called 4,000 weeks. And it's a book that's about, I think it's, I don't, it's like a self-helpy like productivity book, but it's kind of the sentiment of it is, or, and maybe this was just the one thing that stuck with me about it, um, was no matter what decision you make in your life, there are far more things you are missing out on than whatever it is you choose to do. And really life is just about being cool with that and making decisions based off of what are you willing to miss out on rather than just like what you want to do. And Mm -hmm. that was a, I will never forget 
that listening to that, I was like walking my dog in our neighborhood. And I was like, holy, like it just, the light bulb went off. And, and I feel like I'm at the point now where my two choices are pursue this life that is more in alignment with my values, with my, um, I shouldn't say values more in alignment with like my ideas and my beliefs about the world, meaning like living in a place with more like-minded people, more sunshine. Um, cause that has been one of the best things about living here. Um, just like a little more going on cause it's like young and cool and up and coming and whatever, uh, especially meeting more people who are doing work similar to what I'm doing. Um, though here we are two people who grew up really close to each other, <laughs> not doing dissimilar things. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to spending more time together in person. I know, um, I know. I'm really excited. And, but the other, so that was one fork, right? I'm standing at this fork and the other fork is like moving back home and just being near my family and letting the other shit fall into place. What am I more willing to miss out on? Like living a life where I have more, more like-minded people or like not growing old with my family, not raising my children near, near their grandparents and aunts and uncles. And it's, there's just no question for me. And I also think what I've come to believe, and I've already said this is like, my ideas can always change and maybe I'll wake up five years from now. And if like this branch or, you know, this path, this option is based off of how I feel right now about the world. And if that changes, then what will I have? Whereas I feel like I'm never going to not want to be near my family. Like I'm, I'm going to regret no matter what regret, not like caring for my parents as they grow old and not like being with my brothers and my stepsister, like, and there are people in my family who think I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, but we can still hang. We just don't talk about that stuff. Right. And that's so healing. Like, I feel like the more experiences that I had over the past three years where I was, I really was just so like, so happy to, to have a normal, like (laughs) in-person experience with, with anyone. Like I started to value that so much and to value not having to agree, but having people still want me in their life, even if they didn't agree with me, which I did get to experience, which yeah. almost like it almost just moved me there because like, I really, that is what I thought I was going to lose. So yeah. it like, there has been healing in like, Oh, I really thought it was going to be bad. And there were really bad things and there was loss. Yes. Um, but the silver lining is like that. I appreciate things in life that I don't know that I like that I took for granted before, I guess. Yeah. I'm closer to my family now because of all, and it's, it's like, well, and I don't know, maybe they don't feel the same way, but I think they do. And I feel closer, even though it took me living away for three years or three, almost four by the time we're moving back in December. So it will be like, yeah, for sure. Like no question. The plans are set. My husband has a new job. <laughs> That's back. exciting. That's so yeah. exciting. Um, and it, it's, I think also to like go on what you're saying too, it's been so humbling. Like, I feel like I, 
I feel so humbled by the last two years. And I feel like also in September, I just had the ability, like once you get out of like feeling like you need to fight about this, you can just soften into like, oh, there were things I was insane about. There were things I was wrong about. Like the whole, like I was saying, reflecting back and realizing like I was cutting relationships off. I'm sure there are relationships I cut off that might still be in my life today if I hadn't done that out of fear that it was going to happen anyway, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it will be really interesting going back to like moving back to Philly and being back close to friends who I'm not friends with anymore and seeing if those relationships like rebuild. Yeah, I- it's interesting. Sorry, I just cut you off. No, but go it's, ahead, go ahead. it's interesting to just see how much people like for the most part, people are acting like what just happened, like never happened at all in a way that's like good but also kind of scary do you know what I mean well yeah and that's where it's like I I don't know what will happen I mean I want to be clear too like I didn't lose all of my friends I lost the vast majority not lost I those relationships the vast majority of those relationships well it was lost no fuck it it was even if it was like again me acting out of like fear and trauma it was lost um I do have a few friends who I'm still very close with, which I'm grateful for. I'm also like, thank, thank you for sticking by me. You know what I mean? And I think we both kind of feel that way, but I don't, yeah. And and yeah, going like to respond to what you said too, like, I don't know. I'm like, I want to land first and see if I even want those relationships to rekindle. Um, Cause like I said, I was sort of like, I I think also moving into different phases of your life when you're in your thirties, I turned 30 through this whole experience and through over the last, like in the last few years, I'm 32. And like, I think also it's normal for friend groups and all of that to change and shift. And I'm okay with that. Like I've gone through the grief of it. Um, I have like completely forgiven myself for like setting those relationships on fire, whether or not those people have forgiven me, (laughs) you know, and that's, that's if they choose to or not, that's on them. Um, but for me, like I, I can live with myself and the decisions that I made. Um, but what I'm really, 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 really looking forward to is number one, being close to my family again and being able to do just normal things together where we're not like staying in each other's houses when we're visiting. Cause that's just right. too much. And we can just yeah. like have dinner together and not spend five straight days together. Um, cause that's just, it's not it for I know. I believe me. I know my yeah. sister lives in California. So she visits and we love each other so much, but we like get into fights like on yeah. day two, you know? Yeah. Um, I love, okay. Okay. So I, you know, we know that we could talk forever and we can yeah. totally talk <laughs> again, but how, how would you, do, and this is hard to do because I struggle with this and maybe you don't have to, you don't have to be able to do this, but how would you describe your out like I guess I don't want to say political oh yeah like how would you describe your your political outlook now or how would you describe your like life beliefs I don't know how to ask I need to figure out how to ask this question but you know what I mean (laughs) I totally know what you mean um yeah like what do I build my identity around now that it's not my political beliefs right yeah 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 because it definitely was before I was raised in in like, again, the most liberal you can possibly get. And, um, I'm not liberal anymore. I'm not a Democrat. 
I did vote for Joe Biden in the last election, but only because I was scared. I was already like feeling again, the same thing. I was feeling like an outsider in my family. And if I didn't vote for Joe Biden, then I would be ostracized. Like I, that would be it. I was like, that would be the last straw. Um, I deeply regret that. I did not do it because I, it was in alignment with what I believe. Um, I am a political at this point. I don't see myself voting in the next election. I didn't vote in the um, midterms because I don't know what's real and what's not real anymore. And I can't trust anything. I don't trust politicians. I know that they're just bought out. Um, that's just a fact like that. That's just, that's not a conspiracy theory. Like I know, I, I know. again, I, this already, like my degree in public health already had kind of planted seeds for me to not trust because, and then also learning more about, um, like nutrition is my passion learning about like where most of the nutrition information comes from. That's just like corrupt and bought out. So I just feel like it's very hard for me to trust. And and that that's where I stand right now is like, I'm really tired of people being like, this is fact. You are wrong. Anyone who thinks anything else is wrong. I don't know what's fact or not anymore. So I, my, my, my identity is now built around things that I know are real and true, which is my body and taking care of my body. Um, my relationships, which I think is the point of this whole conversation is like, I don't even care anymore what I think about top, like the, you know, hot button issues yeah. or I don't care. I don't want to talk about them. I want to know like, what's your favorite color? I want to cook a meal with you. I want to share a coffee. I want to go put our feet in the grass and eat a fucking strawberry that's been sitting in the warm sunshine. Like that's the kind of shit I want to do. I don't want to sit around a dinner table and talk about politics. I can't think of anything I would want to do less. Than I that. totally agree. I totally, yeah. totally, totally agree. I think this is good. Like, I think yeah. this is what, this is, uh, I think this is what we need because inherently that heals the divide Yeah, inherently. And then and we're not so polarized like, with my neighbors, my Trump neighbors, which at that point, again, like it wasn't like I left and moved to the middle of the woods because I was sure like, because I was becoming Trump QAnon, whatever. It was like, I was still very much, I still would have called myself a Democrat at that point, but then meeting other people meeting neighbors and we were just doing life together. We were driving each other's tractors. We were giving like, they're giving us chickens. We're giving them mushrooms that we foraged. Like that's, I, I just want like, yeah, my body, the earth, the sunshine on my skin. Like, these are the things that I, the things that I can experience that like are just real. Um, and that make it, that truly make a good life. Right. Yeah. I don't, I'm tired of living in my head. Cause that's what I think all of this is, is just like ideas. And it, you know, for, for a lot of people, of course it's not, and it, there's different realities. Um, but for me, like I can't spend my whole life proving that I'm on the right side of an issue and I don't care anymore. Um, and I do like, instead of having these big lofty ideas about how to be a good person, I try to be good to the people in my life. And I try to be good to the people who I meet who are not in my life, but who I come into contact with. 
um, my work. I try to like make a difference in the world, which is such a stupid phrase, but like, I am passionate about what I do and how it helps people, but I'm not trying to change the world anymore. I'm not trying to be on the right side of the fence. I don't trust the government. I don't trust politics. I don't trust politicians. So I, I just want to be like a human woman living on planet earth. And I know maybe that's privileged or whatever, but it's the only thing that I, I don't think it's helpful for me to be like fighting for causes that I can't tell what's real and what's not. All right. That is where I'm ending the conversation. Um, thank you so much for listening again. I don't need or expect you to agree with everything that she thinks or that I think, um, I actually cut out some of what I, some of my responses I cut out in this and they're just in the, the unedited audio for the paid subscribers. But, um, I really am looking forward to having more conversations like this with people who also change their mind again over the last three years, especially, but it can be even before that. Um, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be rewarding for me to have those conversations. And I'm actually excited about this project, which is something that I've been looking, I've been looking for something to be excited about for a long time. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy about that. Again, if you enjoy conversations like this and you want more, please leave a good review on iTunes. It is very, very helpful. If you want to support this podcast financially, please become a paid subscriber at carolineduner.substack.com. I will link to all of those things in the show notes, and I will hopefully be talking to you soon with another conversation similar to this one. Bye, everybody.